Yetis. Jake Spencer. Here as always with me is my good friend and co-host Ethan Wilson. I was doing I, I was doing my HW impression. That's my HW impression. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. I was like, uh, is he gonna say something? <laughs> and on that note, we, this week we did the movie There Will Be Blood. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul Dano, Kevin J. O'Connor, Ciaran Hines, and Dylan Frazier. Frazier. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's crazy. But anyways, it's about a guy who starts off as a silver miner and becomes an oil baron tycoon guy who is just, you know, basically takes over this town, buys up all the land, and runs an oil company and is ruthless about it. So we're going to talk about it. And um, anyways, I first saw this movie in 2008 or 2009, so it was still relatively new. And it was my first, I guess it's my first and only film I've seen Daniel Day-Lewis in. I, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. But, I mean, it, this definitely, like, this, his performance was seared into my memory even since then. Like, that's why I kind of recommended this film. And all that. So, I mean, I thought it was really good. I thought it was just crazy, especially just some of the things he did. Like, I've all, I was always like kind of shaken when he, I mean, at the end when he beats the Eli to death with a bowling pin. Bro, that, that was the best part of the movie. What's that? That was the best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, but that was that one was like just seared into my mind. I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so brutal. Anyways, Jake, you're not uh, you're not a big Last of the Mohicans fan. You look like a Last of the Mohicans fan. I Daniel Day-Lewis was in that movie. I have not seen it. You just give me a Last of the Mohicans fan vibe, I guess. I guess, I guess so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, were you aware of this movie at all before you saw it, before we before I recommended it? Uh, yeah, I never, obviously, never watched it. Get it confused with No Country for Old Men. Yeah, you asked me if that's what we they were watching. They came out. Yeah, I thought I was I was queuing up No Country for Old Men. And I was like, or did Jake say there will be blood? So that's when I texted you. Because to me, in my brain, they were the same movie. Well, <laughs> and I've never they seen, came out I've never the seen same either. Year. They were filmed yeah, at the same time and in the same location, pretty much. Yeah, I've never seen either. Up, up until this point. <laughs> so, in my brain, they were just the same movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they, they're basically just... they Since they came out at the same time, they're basically just competing for all of, like, the awards and all that. So, that's what was funny. 
Yeah, yeah the one's got Javier Bartimps in it, which he's usually a fun watch. Oh, yeah. Did you like it, and was it what you were expecting this movie to be in general? I think I knew it was about oil refining and, and pulling oil out of the, the earth. Uh-huh. I didn't expect it to be like it kind of so it kind of has a lot of like a 24 horror movie vibes. It, in really it. it reminded does. me it reminded me a lot of Midsummer and Hereditary in some spots. The way they shot things and also, I, you know, Kubrick, the guy that that shot and directed this referenced Kubrick a bunch in some of the stuff that I was reading that he was wanting that bowling alley at the end was supposed to be was originally going to be like a reference to the way like a clockwork orange is shot yeah and how everything's framed and kind of crazy looking but he decided to make to go more real to the time rather than make it look super duper crazy but it's still the way that shot is framed with the long with the long uh, bowling alley room with nothing yeah. really in it and being kind of just bright white. Yeah, it uh, really looks like uh, Kubrick could have shot it. So there was a lot of that like art house horror vibes to this movie yeah. to me, and uh, mixed in with like a drama about you know prospectors in the eighteen hundreds. And it has those you know those droning string sounds that just like. Like to imply, yeah. like it's a scary movie. Like that's what I got the vibe from when I was watching it again as well. Like I'm like, this sounds like it's gonna be a horror movie. Yeah, and they do a lot of uh, slow pan, and then fading one shot out as the other one's coming in. That's a very Kubrick mm-hmm. style of shooting stuff. And A24 Ari Aster at least does yeah. that in Hereditary, where you'll be looking at like in Hereditary, you're looking at Tony Collette's face. And she says something, and as she's talking, it fades away into the next scene. So yeah. there's for a second there, her face is still is in the next scene, and it looks crazy. And that this movie did that a lot. Yeah, I definitely did like this movie a lot. Like, I mean, obviously I recommended it again. I, I really wanted to see it again, especially when I saw it was on Netflix. And I just you know I thought it was really well done. I thought the characters were really good, and and you know, and obviously. For those who don't know, Daniel Day-Lewis is a method actor. So, like, there, you know, so I don't know exactly the stuff he did to prepare for this role. Like, he watched a lot of old stuff and listened to, like, old people and some oil barons from the early 1900s and all that. And um, I saw someone yeah, said, very like, much, you know, like to prepare for this role. I don't really know exactly. Like, he's like, I'm an oil man. I like to consider myself an oil man. Like, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Or... You know, for some movies, I think he was like living in a tent for a while, or like one movie I saw, he didn't wa- he didn't take a- he didn't even clean himself for the entire movie. Anyways, um, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, I, that's something I would never do, man. I just Jim Carrey does that stuff too. So does um, Christian Bale's another method actor, and Jared Leto. But I guess Jared Leto, I guess, is like weird and annoying with yeah. it. Yeah, he he doesn't respect he did for. Side note, yeah, Jared Leto definitely did not respect his castmates' boundaries when it came to preparing for his role of the Joker. So, anyways. So, if you're ever a method actor, you just need to, you know, do your method for yourself. Don't, you know, don't bring other people into it if they don't, if they're not into it, you know, because that's, that's rude. Anyways, we're just going to get into 
the dislikes, and I'll let you start us off. Um, first thing, I said it seems like you would pull out all your tools and precious metals, uh, pull all of those out of the hole before lighting your stick of dynamite and climbing up the ladder. Yep. I, uh, I probably would have done the same thing. Um, I also would have been really nervous to even be down there while lighting a stick of dynamite, but different time i probably yeah those those are old cowboy men those guys don't care about that stuff i just that stuff that like hunk of silver he had is like worth you know thousands of dollars at the time which is like millions of dollars at the time yeah and that's actually probably they didn't explain it but that's what helped him you know start staking his claim as an oil guy you know he was able to yeah and uh He's just like, well, I'm going to light this stick of dynamite and then slowly crawl out of this hole, and then I won't be able to pick up everything out of there because it's too heavy. Yeah. And, and that's... then when he falls, he loses his footing and breaks his leg, which, getting out of there, impressive. Yeah. That's, impressive. Yeah, I was going to say that for sure. Like, you know, that was crazy. Like, I watched this YouTube channel called um, a Ghost Town Living where this guy lives in this place called Cerro Gordo, California, and he basically lives in an old mining town. And he goes exploring the mine shafts all the time. Well, he does it safely with a friend. But, like, there was one episode where – episode. There was one vlog that he put out where when he was climbing down, one of the ladder rungs gave out underneath him. And he was just – he had to, like, sit down for a few minutes because it, like, shook him so much. But, and so it's like – but also, that this is, like, 100 years after those mines were even used. Anyways, that was a side note. My first dislike was – it would have sucked to be the guys in the pits doing the scooping of the oil or like the mud yeah. oil, ugh. Yeah. Or just just getting it like the one guy got it. On, the guy who dies got it on his like on his eye and was like he has nothing to wipe it with because everything is covered in oil. Yeah, and that was something I said. Working in oil today is still extremely. It's an extremely dangerous job. Oh, yeah. And I can't imagine the lethality of drilling and refining oil in like the early mm-hmm. 1900s, mm-hmm. like the death, the deaths that they experienced um, working on those things must have been horrendous. Like, I mean, oh, there's multiple times, there's multiple times of this movie where they show a dude getting just smashed with a piece of with the drill like, bit. lumber, or the lumber or the drill yeah. bit, and I was just like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> and you know, like it's just crazy. Like back in those days, like you know. I remember reading in history class back in junior high or elementary school that pe- tons of people died while building the railroads, just building all of that stuff. Like it's just crazy, you know. Yeah, or it's like the people, about the, the guys that that built the in the Empire State Building were just walking along those beams up there, no with harnesses. No harnesses, or man. They're or, just sitting on that beam and uh, on and above New York yeah, eating lunch and that, stuff. That it just blows classic. my mind. Um, or like you know the Great Wall of China, like everybody who died while building it was like entombed in the freaking wall anyway we'll sick that's like a attack on titan yeah what is uh what's your next one so classic kevin o'connor being a scumbag every movie i've ever seen him in he's just been a scumbag he plays uh in the mummy he plays uh oh brendan fraser's friend that's always screwing him over i can't remember what his name is but he's just always just like a dude that's trying to get an easy an easy dollar yeah my next one is the quote Daniel said, like, I'm not going to give them oil prices. I'm going to give them quail prices. I'm like, that's so messed up. He's just an oil guy. Yeah, and that's that's what I was going to say. It's like that makes total sense to me as far as, like, what they do. They're looking to make the best buck possible by, you know, 
under undervaluing their property or whatever by just being like, oh, we, this is not exactly, you know, what it's – what. Uh, I'm here for the quail, not for whatever oil you've got. And then obviously lying and, you know, Eli kind of knows and stuff, so. Yeah, the the fact that he recognizes these people are like simpleton people and it's just like we don't need to pay them a fair price because they're not going to know any better. Exactly. And the dad is just like, I'll take whatever money. Just give me money. Yeah, because they're, they're dying out there. There's nothing out there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any more dislikes, oh, really. I'll just read through mine. Uh, I got a whole bunch. Uh, mm-hmm. Eli asked for $10,000. This is more of like a fun fact than a dislike. But I get kind of – anyways, Eli asked for $10,000, which I think in that time it was 1902 or something like that. Or maybe – anyways – which is about $300,000 in today's U.S. dollars. And I'm like, and just for his church or his family? But obviously they never got that. And then the next one, I said, Eli is just the creepiest preacher. I've kind of mentioned this multiple times. The only person who could have played it creepier is maybe Jimmy Simpson or Killian Murphy. They would have done like a pretty equal job. Playing a really Killian, Killian Murphy, who is he the guy that plays the Scarecrow in Batman? Yes. Yeah. I don't know who the other guy is. Anyways, yeah. my next one is, while I didn't mind that Daniel didn't placate Eli by letting him bless the well, Daniel should have just said that he didn't want him to do it, you know, instead of just saying, yeah, I'll do it, and then just, you know, pull the rug Again, out. Again, it's just, you know, I just saw all this as he's just a you know, loser oil yeah. guy. All he cares about is making money. He's obviously like atheist or something. Oh, he definitely. Thinks, he thinks religious religion is stupid. For him, religion so is money. He, or like, you know, money he is thinks, religion. He thinks the blessing of the well is pointless. Mm-hmm. And then he knows that, which it's funny because he punked the dad. Yeah. Um, with the little girl. He said that the, the daughter of the hills and introduced the little girl. And then when that little girl came running by, he said, you're all good now. Dad's not going to hit you anymore, right? Yeah, we're going to make sure he doesn't hit you. And the dad's just sitting Sitting there at the table. (laughs) And my next one was the church, quote, healing, unquote, scene. That was creepy. The one where he's screaming and yelling? Or when he's, like, talking to the, like, the old lady and, like. He, like, sucks on her fingers and stuff? Yeah. I said that, uh, what did I say? He was doing um, Paul Dano doing his best Kenneth Copeland impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I could think of were just people like that. It's just like, yep, he, he nailed it. It's so creepy. It's so invasive. It's not real. Um, and then I wrote... Kenneth Copeland be casting COVID out of the United States. Ha, 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 ha. And then, Who makes the rules? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> My next one was, as much as I disliked Eli, he definitely did not deserve getting assaulted like that. But his timing was awful because that was right after um, H.W. lost his hearing and Daniel did not know how to handle it from then on, you know. And so yeah, he just bro. starts beating the crap out of him and just rubbing all the oily mud on his face. Any <laughs> time Paul Dano gets be- got beat up in this movie... I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the type of dude that deserves that, that type of stuff. He's just a, he is an emotional abuser. That's what he is. Oh, exactly. He's, 
not physically, he's manipulating people emotionally and doing the exact same thing oh, yeah. that Daniel Day-Lewis did to him, but mentally to people that don't understand. Yeah, exactly. And Daniel Day-Lewis just did it physically, so yeah. he's just kind of getting his own medicine back to him. That oil scene's intense where he's getting, he's pushing it all in his mouth and stuff. Yeah. But it was warranted. <laughs> I felt like it was warranted. I, I, I mean, when I said differently, didn't, I mean, like, you know, that was very extreme, you know. He could have yeah. just slapped around a bit, but he just he just went all in on him, man. It was just like, oh my gosh, but but I get it, you know. There's a lot going on, and See, then he just I comes put, up and asks I for put money. That, I put that scene in the uh, likes. likes okay. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. My next one was leaving HW on the train. That's so messed up. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah. Um, and he can't, like, he can't. The thing is, is, I don't didn't know, couldn't tell if HW didn't know how to read or what. Like, why aren't you just writing things down and explaining things to him? Yeah. And then I wrote, just nothing but destruction of others and incredible self-destruction for Daniel. All that money and power leaves him with nothing. And then finally I wrote, oh, Eli, buddy, you went to the wrong man when you needed a friend and were on hard times. Yeah, and... I, that is again the hyper religious ego yep. pastor like that. Yep. They think that you know even though we've had our differences, God is bringing me to you for you to to help me because I am a man of God yeah. and God provides and stuff. And why wouldn't He help me? Um, type of thing. And he just thinks he could go to anybody. Yeah. And I... this Daniel Day Lewis, like you said not the dude to do that yeah <laughs> i only kind of felt bad but i'm just like i only felt bad in the fact that he didn't have the sense to realize that he made the worst decision right there like obviously yeah and um, dying you know again with the emotional abuse to get that brandy plot for the 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 pipeline daniel day lewis had to repent and be saved yeah and, and he was humiliated in front of all those yeah, people. Eli took advantage of that. Oh, 100%. That's of, what, that to, was definitely revenge for that. I definitely understand what he was doing. Um, killing the man. Obviously, killing's bad. Yeah. That was no my. Killing. That was why I felt bad for him, because I was just like, killing's bad. he deserved to die for it. <laughs> we're, not, we're not sitting on here saying that killing's good. or <laughs> It's a rewarding thing. But the arrogance of someone like Eli to do that after doing what he did and thinking someone would just be okay with it because he's a, he's a man of God. Yeah. I actually had like five more dislikes, but were they were all about like the church and religion, but I deleted them. Like, I don't want to just hammer down too hard about, <laughs> about religious stuff in this. If episode. you guys are, if you guys are inter interested, me and Jake are going to be releasing a signature. Have you seen this shoe with a uh, pentagram on it and one <laughs> drop of devil's blood? And it's my bl blood. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It is one drop of Jake Spencer's blood. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to the likes. So go ahead and shoot off your first one. Um, said five seconds in and the, the score of the movie was just sick. Yeah. Throughout the movie, like we said earlier, it was like the score was like the shining or midsummer hereditary, which is that art house feel. Yeah. And I was just a big fan of the vibe that they 
created with their like horror movie esque um, like score to this movie. Yeah, and the guy wasn't eligible for best uh, score because he used uh, two songs in this movie that were written by somebody else, oh. uh, like old timey songs, and yeah. that disqualified him for being that up sucks. for the best soundtrack. Man, yeah, music was good. My first one was I thought it was so cool that the first like twelve to thirteen minutes had basically no dialogue except for when Daniel falls into the mine shaft saying no no you know when he broke his leg. <laughs> those are the first. Those are the only words that were said in the first thirteen minutes of the film. I thought that and was it really wasn't cool. even like a it wasn't even like a no no he went no yeah. <laughs> I mean he was probably in pain so but yeah I thought that you need was to really watch cool. uh you need to watch uh two thousand one space odyssey dude that's the that movie opens up and with the the black obelisk thing. Um, oh yeah, the, the, the uh, apes. Obelisk. The apes are yeah, the apes are worshiping it, yeah. and there is no dialogue in two thousand one Space Odyssey for like thirty minutes. Okay, I'll have to write that down. It's crazy. Maybe we can do that for an episode. Yeah, it's another Kubrick movie. There's not a whole lot going on. It's a oh. weird movie. I like Daniel Day Lewis's sales pitch yeah. for why they should sell him as selling the land, and then when they would start arguing about it, he would say, "I don't even want this land," and he would leave because then people would chase after him because he's got money. Yeah. Also, one of the guys that was screaming in that first room is one of the guys in Superbad that's doing cocaine while Michael Sarah's singing that song uh, <laughs> at the party. He was in the background screaming about like you shouldn't be t- you shouldn't be speaking for all of us and all this stuff. The guy, the main guy that was causing a ruckus yeah. in Superbad, he's the guy that goes wow wow when uh, when Michael Sarah is singing uh, these eyes That's in that room. And then <laughs> the guy who like chased him out was Paul F. Tompkins. Give him a shout out, even though he doesn't listen. Because my second one was in 1902, five thousand dollars a week. Is equivalent to about one hundred forty-eight thousand dollars, eight hundred eight hundred seven. So one hundred forty-eight thousand eight hundred seven dollars. So while I said earlier, ten thousand is almost three hundred k. So obviously, two times that is almost three hundred thousand, anyways. But that's a lot of money to make a week. Math nerd on the pod here. What's I, up? I did. I have. I have like five, like three or four more of those. I said, at the plain view. Uh, or a plain view doing the classic switch up at the blessing on Paul Sunday. Yeah. With I was his, just like, his sister instead of him and him just sitting there having to just, just sit in his, and watch it. uh, and you know, revel in his, his, you could just see how mad he is in yeah. the scene. My next one was, um, when they're starting to build the oil stuff and, the girl Mary asks HW is like, how much are we going to get? A thousand dollars. And HW's look at her is just like, like, Oh, like, like, like he was saying like, Oh, we're going to get way more than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, said I, this movie made me say like, Oh shit. Like, I don't know how many times with the <laughs> things that happened, like the dropping of things in the, on the people in the well and, him slapping the crap out of Eli and running into the gas burst. The gas burst, yeah. That shoot that sends HW kind of flying a little bit. Mm. 
There's some crazy stuff that happens yeah. in this movie. My next one was it was more just kind of like an, a, a mental note, like because you don't see Paul ever in, until he's mentioned near the end, you know. And it's just like Paul definitely just wanted to get some small amount of cash and just get away. He didn't want to be around that family anymore. Yeah, and Paul Dano played both people. Yeah. So originally, I was Paul Dano so confused. was just going to play Paul Sunday. Yeah. And then there was another guy who was originally going to be Eli, but then he dropped out for some reason. And then they asked Paul Dano just to play both roles. I was, it confused me at first. I was super, I had to go, I had to pause the movie and go to IMDb and yeah. look and see the, because I was like, well, this guy's being such a weird jerk. And at the station earlier yeah. he was being cool about it i said the scene of the derrick burning at dusk was just great i haven't been just absolutely just taken aback by how amazing a scene has looked like yeah. that in a long time when it was just on fire and when you're facing the derrick and the sun setting behind it i just thought that yeah. was a great look that was such a cool scene thing. did you have a fun fact about that scene at all or no i don't remember okay if you don't i'll mention it really quick that them Burning that actually stopped production of No Country for Old Men for like a couple days. Oh yeah, I did read that. They could see it in the background, like in their shots. So that was a fun fact. And I just wanted to quickly mention about when Daniel meets Eli. He's like staring at him very intensely, like he's trying to figure out is this Paul. When he realizes that they're like twins. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. But anyways, my next one was the. It's another money one. I said the $150,000 that the Spaniel standard oil guys offered for his um, Coyote Ranch one is, you know, they offered $150,000 is about $4.4 million today. So That's sick. If, you, if there wasn't a chance I could die from, like, typhoid fever, I would totally go back and get a bunch of money. Oh, yeah. And go back in time and be a rich man. Well, but you could also die of, like, polio. If you can go back in time – well. You have, the, you have the polio vaccine, so you're all good. <laughs> I don't know how time travel works, man. It might might suck it out of you when you go into time. <laughs> uh, that hasn't been confirmed in any time travel film that I've seen, so the, the science doesn't check according out. According to <laughs> according to and according to Endgame, time travel movies are bullcrap. <laughs> Which is funny because Infinity Wars or Endgame is a time travel movie. Yeah. It's either all a joke or none of it is. Um, let's see. I said this movie is is like Midsummer, but with oil people mm-hmm. instead of weird cultish pagan people. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was still on the same scene about the Standard Oil when they're like, "Oh, you don't own the railroads? Of course you do. Of course you do." <laughs> they're just like, "He is a smart businessman. He's ruthless." But he's smart, and it's just like, uh, you know, he he could just see right through it. And I actually have a fun fact about that later on as well. That I'll just dude, he he threatens to cut that dude's throat. That dude is just so taken aback. Dude, you said yeah. what? <laughs> you said you do what to me? Yeah. <laughs> the very end of the movie, he keeps yelling "bastard" from a basket at his son, like yeah. H.W. could ever hear that, yeah. and like the the dude was gonna tell him that his son, his dad was yelling that to him. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, he's just going crazy and kind of, you know, he's self-destructing and and all that stuff. So, but uh, my next one was when he's got he's done, you know, being baptized and humiliated. He's just like, 
He just says, there's a pipeline. You know, for him, yeah. it's it's all about the end goal. It's all money. It's, yeah. it's, it doesn't matter. You know, he's still going to hold a grudge against Eli. But for him, it's it's all about just getting that pipeline and, and making that make uh, getting the bag secured. You know. Yeah, dude. I uh, forgot I wrote this down. Uh, said I would have been one hundred percent content with the ending of this movie if, when Eli found Daniel Day Lewis passed out in that bowling alley, he just would have beef stewed him and left. Just... <laughs> that would have been, been the, the best end ending. The oh man, we need to reshoot. No, 14 years later, <laughs> please. Can we reshoot the end of that? <laughs> oh, I love beef stew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, my next one was the scene where he puts, like, the, the cloth napkin over his face and makes fun of the standard oil guy in the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, there's actually a deleted, there's, um, there's an outtake where, they're doing that scene and Daniel Day Lewis actually broke character in that scene. He actually kind of cracks a smile, laughs a bit. And cause like he's known for not really breaking character or leaving character. He's always, he's Daniel Plainview for that movie, not Daniel Day Lewis. And you know, there's a little scene where it shows him breaking and the kid is laughing as well. Yeah. Thought that was funny. My final like was that Daniel stays trolling Eli, man. Even right up to the point that he kills him, man. He's he made him, he made him uh, r- say that God is fake and religion is stupid. Yeah. And then said, "I already took all that oil from that land, dude, through seepage. Oh yeah. Or drainage. And, and he had no idea what drainage meant, and he like did that milkshake explanation. <laughs> I actually wrote that. That was my last one as well. I have one more. But I, I'm like, the milkshake illustration was hilarious, especially with the suckling set. He's like, drainage. Drainage. And apparently that was a kind of an actual speech that an oil guy made to the government back then. You're just giving away all your fun facts, dude. I didn't write that one down. That's just one I read. <laughs> but um, So my final one is when Eli asked for 100000 at the end from 1927 when that section was there. Um, that's about $1.5 million in today's dollar. But I did not include the original $5,000 he was owed plus interest that he said. That's that's, uh, what we in the business call chump change, Jake. Yeah, dude. That is chump change. But, you know, that's still a lot of money. I spend $1.5 million and not even blink. Nice, me too. You should have seen the car I bought. Just kidding, I didn't buy a car. (laughs) Anyways, so that was that was all the likes that I had. Same here. I'm I'm all done with that. Um, let's see. Would you recommend this to a friend? Maybe. Don't really know, because usually when I recommend a movie to somebody, it comes up naturally in conversation. Yeah, this is probably isn't I one of those. Couldn't really pick a time, even thinking back when this type of movie would come up naturally for me yeah. to recommend it. Um, it would have to be something like me talking about like Hereditary yeah. or Kubrick or something, and I'm like, "Well, this guy here that shot this movie is it, it's has a lot of pays a lot of tributes to Kubrick yeah. or something." Or and then I could, but I also you know most people that I talk to don't care about filmography and yeah. the you know shooting things and things like that. So I don't think that I would ever naturally like recommend a movie like this. Um, 
just watch over the next year. I'm going to slowly steer a conversation in our group chat to talk about the oil industry in the early 1900s in America. Just watch. Just wait for it. I'm going to do it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, you can. I don't care. I, uh, you would recommend the movie because I'm. Yeah, I know. I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> I'm making a joke. And, uh, does it hold up in 2021? Yes. Yeah. Said so the the shooting of this movie, the filmography, the the way they framed their shots is really beautiful. Um, the cast was really good. Yeah. And then the fact, and then you add in the fact that in 2021 we're still killing each other over oil every day. It holds up beautifully. Oh yeah, right there, exactly. And uh, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but rewatchability. Probably never. Yeah. But if if you want to rewatch it, Jake, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to judge you, man. It's Amen. your it's your life. It's your life, like Bon Jovi said. It it's is. Uh, now or never. Or it, live forever. No. Or Switchfoot, depending on who you grew up listening to. Yeah, dude, Switchfoot. They sing that song. Uh, this is your life. Uh, Are you who you want to be? So, I, f- I feel so alive for the very first time. <laughs> That's P.O.D. I, I know, I know it's you, P.O.D. I know you s- purposely did that to bait me, <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so fun facts. I'll just quickly start and say the kid who plays H.W. Plainview, Dylan Frazier, that was his first and only film that he's done. That was H.W.? Yeah, he was the young H.W. Yeah, I think I read that. Yeah, I mean, he did a good job. I mean... Uh, yeah, he was pretty good. A lot Half of- the movie, he just got to sit there and be quiet. True, but I mean, like... A lot of kid actors, you can kind of tell when they're looking at somebody off camera, like, but he actually did a really good job, you know, engaging and playing the son of this oil baron guy. So I'm like, I thought he did a great job. Or Yeah, I wouldn't say he's on the level of the two guys that play the little kids in Bloodsport, but he's pretty close. HW's pretty close to those two kids uh, in that Bloodsport flashback. Oh my gosh, that's a solid joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Daniel Day Lewis accepted the role of Daniel Plainview as he'd been a fall a fan of Paul Thomas Anderson's previous film Punch Drunk Love from two thousand and two. According to a producer, Joanne Steller, the film might not have even been made at all if Daniel Day Lewis declined the role. Uh, my fir- or my next one was Paul Thomas Anderson told Entertainment Weekly magazine that the fake oil used throughout the movie included the quote stuff they put in chocolate milkshakes at McDonald's. There's milkshakes referenced down. all over the place. I wrote that one down too. Fun fact that's not a guy anything to do in this movie. In the movie Psycho, when um, I forgot his name because I'm talking about Psycho, uh, Norman up. Bates. Oh, hold on. Stabs. I'm thinking of American Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta return some videotapes, Jake. Um, oh gosh! Don't just stare at it; eat it, Jake. Um, this one is is something called silly and rail. The font is the color is bone, Jake. But oh my gosh, the business cards. <laughs> uh, 
Norman Bates steps, the famous violin scene, screeching step, shower, shower scene, chocolate syrup mm. in the water going down the drain because blood wouldn't, fake blood wouldn't show up in black and white. That's true. Um. So. Every Wednesday night during the editing, Paul Thomas Anderson and company would have just steak and straight vodka for dinner to keep the mentality of Daniel Plainview. Sounds like a reason to get drunk and eat steak. Yeah. But okay. Do you do you, Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah, for me, it's just like, I wouldn't need a reason. It's just like, oh, I want to get into his brain. It's just like, you want steak and, uh, and alcohol? Just just say you want steak and alcohol, man. Yeah. And every Friday night, I adult. eat 40 <laughs> Every Friday night, I eat $40 worth of Taco Bell to get in the mind of the little chihuahua from the 90s. <laughs> a lot of taco bell dude it is forty dollars goes a long way at taco bell <laughs> let me tell you even if you get like the expensive pieces or like yeah. you know, expensive things forty dollars goes a long way so i wrote the town of marfa texas near the texas mexico border was used to simulate bakersfield california a reason to support the use of this town is that there are many abandoned shafts dug at the earliest 20th early 20th century one of the shafts used in the film is a deep shaft 60 to 70 feet that connects to a mechanically dug perpendicular tunnel at the bottom and other number one were built there and number one one thing i can let you all listeners know jake knows about deep shafts and number two marfa texas is also was the name that the character of Superman and Batman, so they would uh, become friends in Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> okay. You got me again. That was a good one. <laughs> well done. Well done. I'm just zinging them here today, there Jake. It's that second COVID shot, dude. They installed the funny chip in my arm. <laughs> good. Now you can do stand up comedy. Yep. Daniel Day-Lewis improvised the speech he gives to the citizens of Little Boston about building schools, bringing bread to the town, etc. Paul Thomas Anderson says of this, It was delicious. It was plain view on a platter, which I thought is a very weird thing to say. But, again, you do you, PTA, dude. Whatever you want to do. So, let's see. Um... I wrote for my last fun fact, when Daniel Plainview first meets Agent Tilford, he asks Tilford if he's going to change the shipping costs, which Tilford replies, we don't dictate shipping costs, that's railroad business. This is a deceptive reply, as Standard Oil, under the leadership of John D. Rockefeller, negotiated a 71% discount on shipping costs with the Lakeshore Railroad, which no other oil company could match. This agreement allowed Standard to enjoy a near-monopoly oil in the late 1800s which eventually led to the u.s government breaking up standard in the early 1900s into 34 independent companies including exxon mobile chevron and amoco so good job american government way to make big gasoline conglomerates i guess they they broke up a monopoly to make a bunch of more monopolies yep, but whatever exactly they yeah <laughs> The infamous uh, I Drink Your Milkshake is in part a real quote. Paul Thomas Anderson found a metaphor for the uh, congressive transcripts from 1920s Depot, 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 Dome scandal. 
in which Secretary of the Interior Albert Fall was convicted of accepting bribes for an oil drilling rise to various lands. According to Anderson, he said, I think it was Albert Fall who was asked to describe drainage before Congress, and his way of describing it was, if you have a milkshake and I have a milkshake and my straw reaches across the room, I'm sure I embellished it and changed it around and made it more plain view, but Fall used the word milkshake and I thought it was so great. Blah, 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 blah. There's yeah. a lot more of that quote, but I'm going to stop reading it. Well, that's all my fun facts. You got any more? The body count is four. Okay. Good to know. There's, there was a body count in this movie. Yep, there is. IMDb. And you got it. Got it. Well, any other final thoughts on this film? It sucks. Don't watch it. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Yeah, it's fine. Where can we be found? We can be found... On any major streaming platform where you get your podcasts, uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star iTunes review and leave us a comment. We would read them. We would like to read them. And then our socials, we can be found on Instagram at HYSD Podcast and Facebook at HYSD Podcast. On Twitter, it is at Seen This Have You. And then on Twitter and Instagram. I am Ethan Tyler Wilson with no E in Tyler. And Jake, what about you, my dude? I am at J-A-E-K Spencer on both Twitter and Instagrams. Sick. Well, until next week, I'm Ethan Wilson here to say go to the bank, take out every penny that you have, and go invest it in Doge. (laughs) Shout out to Casey Roberts. That's his advice. Casey endorses that idea. Former uh, guest on the show, Casey Roberts. Yep, and he is at. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) His number is. Be good to other people. Be good to yourself. Try to be happy. And we'll see you next week. Bye, dogs. Bye. Hey, everyone. Jake here. For Sunny Air, next week we're going to be watching Captain Underpants. See you then. (laughs) 